Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Thank you for tuning in today. Man, it's a cooker today. It's going to be hot. We go 96 for a high today. Those four baseball guys in their long pants and long sleeves. That's. Uh, going to be a challenge for them over at Hurstfield. Uh, before we get rolling, got a special guest in the studio, but I want to mention this. Uh, today, the Western Sky Aviation Warbird Museum, their celebration of the Armed Forces is all the, all week this week. It starts in, uh, actually right now, it just opened, uh, but at 11 o'clock this morning, this is really cool, they're having a Cold War Veterans Recognition Ceremony. This is being, being put on by the American Legion Post 90, uh, but uh, those guys that served, and gals that served in the armed forces during the Cold War. Maybe never really saw action, you know, but they trained and they were ready to protect our country. My dad is one of them, one of them as a matter of fact. He's going to get, I don't know if they pin a medal on him or how they're going to do it, but it's a Cold War Veterans Recognition uh, Ceremony today at 11 o'clock, so less than two hours from now. Uh, very, very cool deal, and uh, appreciate the American Legion post. My wife was actually, she works for Washington City. She was actually kind of got the ball rolling on this, and uh, and they're, they're going to do it in Washington City later, but uh, it's St. George City uh, today, and uh, that's, I think it's really cool. Love to recognize our veterans, even if they didn't see combat action, just the fact that they were ready to uh, right. write the ticket. That, that is their lives, just in case uh, the country needs it. Very true. So, and is it out at the Warbirds Museum? Out, yeah, out at the Western Sky Aviation yep. Warbird Museum. While you're there, check out all the cool planes. They have vintage fighter jets. And uh, right now they have a couple of very cool airplanes, a B-17 and a B-25 bomber. Those are the ones with the belly gunners and the tail turrets and everything. Very, very cool stuff out there. Uh, later in the week, they'll actually be offering rides. You can buy, you can pay the gas and, and, and take a ride in one of those. Early in the week, you can do, still do tours of them, but you can't actually ride in them until later in the week. Yeah, and if you go to the airport mm-hmm. and just pass the gas station, first hangar on the left, you'll see the Warbird sign. And That's it's right. an amazing uh, place. We were just out there for a, a dance with 300 youth, and they opened it up and... Nice. The youth were amazed, and it, they learned some history as well and appreciation for aviation. And speaking of dances, this coming Saturday is the Hangar Dance out there at the Warbird Museum. and They'll have a live swing band. They encourage everyone to dress in 1940s garb, 40s-style garb. They're going to have a costume contest, so those who look the most authentic 1940s uh, could win a prize. There's going to be prizes, refreshments. Uh, it's a hangar dance out at the Warbird Museum. $20 in advance if you want to uh, go. Call 435-229-4985. I'm going to take my beautiful wife and go out there on Saturday night. It's going to be fun. I'm going to get out there, too. took my daughter a couple of years ago, and my daughter has a, she just sent her on a mission, but she has an old soul. She she loves old music, loves, you know, 40s swing music, and one of her favorite singers is, uh, oh, I'm gonna, I can't remember her name now, the old, old jazz singer from, from back in the day. Uh, can't believe I forgot it. Anyway, uh, took her out there, and uh, she had a polka dot dress, and I wore a red shirt with red polka dot tie that matched her dress, and it was really fun. And we did a little swing dance together and stuff. I don't know that I'm going to cut a whole lot of rugs this time around, but I'm going to go anyway and listen to the music. Fun. So you're gonna, we got to get Gil out there. Maybe he can cut a rug. Do you cut a rug? Are you a dancer? 
Hey, I went right in the middle of the mosh pit with all the kids. Did you? I had a great time. Nice. nice. You were jumping around yep. and acting like you're 20 yep. years old and you were in pain later and the kids weren't. <laughs> What's fun is that <laughs> I'm pretty healthy and they were saying, oh, a few people around me, some of the adults were saying, you're going to be sore tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I just had so much fun. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Uh, Gil Onquist is with me, by the way. Thank you, Gil, for coming in today. How's life treating? Everything going all right? Yeah, we're right in the middle of a lot of things at the county and Mm -hmm. getting a new building constructed. Plus, Boy, it looks good over there, doesn't it? Yeah, and and right now, this time of year, we've had a lot of events, but uh, settling into things that we do over the summer, including some uh, conservation efforts coming up. Yeah, we're going to talk about that and more. Uh, if you want to call and be a part of the show, too, we are taking phone calls today at 673-5890. And over here, I have my phone. If you want to text in to me, 435-467-5842. Uh, let's talk about the Ironman a little bit. Of course, right now we have the state baseball tournament. Not as many teams from out of town this year because uh, Southern Utah dominated. And so six out of the eight <laughs> teams here are actually local teams. But, I, uh, uh, when I saw the preliminary scores first early games, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, yeah. We are, we're working it. Plus, look mm-hmm. at the Jetettes, uh, state champs, and as yeah. well as golf. I, I mean, Yeah, Pineview girls won uh, state golf. Uh, yeah. Crimson Cliffs boys won state soccer. Yeah, I'm just so proud of all of our teams. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the Ironman. Uh, it was the world championship. This was weird. It was the 2021 world championships in 2022 because they missed 2021, and they're having the 2022 race later on this year. But we got the 2021 one in 2022, and it was pretty cool. You know, it was. And I kind of th- at first thought, oh, they're going to feel so bad, the delegation from there, from Kona, from yeah. the, the, the entire big island of Hawaii is a county. Uh, by itself and their mayor was coming mayor mitch roth Mm -hmm. and at first i thought you know we kind of stole their their thunder so to speak and how will they feel about that it was the exact opposite Hmm. they loved our lava they loved our water our indigenous population that they have there as well it was the exact opposite. They were so glad to just have the race and then look forward to inviting us back to, to Kona. If you've been to the islands, uh, in particular Kona, I really felt like Kona was in and of itself a, a different place. I mean, you, you've got Honolulu on another island, you've got Kauai, you've got Maui, but Kona is kind of a little bit more of an old school place. Uh, and, and by the way, they call the big island of Hawaii, they call it Kona, uh, but uh, it it was uh, the feeling of community in that on that island. There's really basically one road that goes around the whole yes, island yes. and a bunch of little towns on that one road. But uh, I have a feeling that, first of all, they take tremendous pride in in having the world champions just for Ironman there. And also the, just the, the feeling of community of being, we are Kona, period. This is who we are. And uh, that's the feeling I got. The one I've been there one time, but that's the feeling I got when I was there. Yep. And uh, I think, like you said, it's actually pretty similar to Washington County. Well, we had an opening reception with the mayor and his mm-hmm. entourage and a lot of uh, race organizers out at Entrada one evening. And just on a whim, I said, you know, there are so many similarities from the responses we were getting that I just grabbed the mic and said, 
If it's okay with you, Mayor, I'd like to propose that we become sister counties. Nice. And then all weekend long during the week and then on that weekend, we were talking about our similarities and decided this is a, a good match. And so we're in the works of becoming a sister county with... Uh, with Kona, not to excuse Washington, Hurricane, St. George, Santa Clara, everyone who participated, mm-hmm. but um, as an entire area, we feel an, a kinship towards nice. towards them. And, and, and I'm going to lay the gauntlet down, Washington County. Best nachos I ever had in my life were on Kona. And <laughs> so Washington County, if you can beat it, I, I, they were Kahlua pork nachos, and they were oh. phenomenal and uh, although we have some good nachos here in town, I have yet to, uh, they haven't been matched yet. You know, so. and I've always been a, a sucker for good nachos. And <laughs> I was in Stillwater, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And of all places. Of all places. <laughs> and went into this spot, our daughter and son-in-law, he was at the Mayo Clinic. And so they knew this spot. And I said, really, this is the nacho place? And you know what? <laughs> It did not disappoint. <laughs> so you said Stillwater, Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't even know that place existed. Stillwater, yeah. I knew Stillwater, Oklahoma. And right? then there's Red Wing and wow, all along the upper um, Mississippi there. So it's really a beautiful place. You're not going to want to go there in say no. February. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, back to the Iron Man. Uh, we just uh, I, I've really gotten a sense from a lot of people. Happy, to, happy that it was here. Glad to, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit for the good of, of the county. But I'm getting this little pushback, this little side group of people that are like, we're tired of the events. We're tired of the inconvenience. Uh, is it really a benefit to Washington County to have an event like that here? And I thought, well, what, what a great opportunity to have Gil Almquist in, county commissioner, and talk about that. Is having Huntsman Senior Games, uh, you know, the... the the, the marathon, the Ironman 70.3, the full world championship of there. Do these things, in the end, really help Washington County? Yesterday, the report came out that the economic impact, the actual ingestion, let's say, or injection, rather, of mm-hmm. money was $41 million of economic value. So when you talk about that, then the whole lifeblood of a community or a county is how many times you turn a dollar over. So, you know, you go to the mechanic, the mechanic then goes to the market, the person that owns the market goes to, you know, a a store and buys towels, whatever. Mm -hmm. That is often the lifeblood of a county is how many times you can turn that $1 over. And in this particular case, when you get an injection like that of all new revenue, it builds all these businesses, restaurants, and yes, it's difficult. You don't plan on going to a restaurant hardly anymore without a reservation or expect to wait. Right. But uh, uh, I can't say exactly when, but it was about five years ago that the Huntsman Group, uh, the Kim Gardner Center up at uh, University of Utah, put mm-hmm. together a report on the economic Im- impact of tourism. And they stated at the time that and they did a deep dive. This isn't wasn't a, you know, ask a few people on the street, but this was right. an economic deep dive. And it was between twelve and thirteen hundred dollars per property that it had uh, alleviated that much property tax. So in other words, the tourism influx was paying for things that otherwise our local 
taxpayers would be paying for. Hmm. And so we've decided just yesterday, let's look at that again and let's have them come down. It's it's not cheap to have a, a study done like that, but it, it it's certainly worth it. Yeah. It's it's also not expensive. I'm just saying, you know, that we'll right. have to spend a little it bit. It didn't cost you five million bucks. No, but, no. And and <clears throat> they'll come down, they'll do another deep dive, they'll use the same matrix to figure out just exactly what these events do for us here hmm. economically. And and you add to a con to the mix. Well, people right. that have come to say, you know, we're proud of Tuacon. If you want to take everybody off the street and everything away, then let's get rid of golf. Let's get rid of these, uh, you know, theater events. Let's get rid of symphonies. Let's get rid of everything that do such a great job for us and cause some congestion. But there is an economic value. And if you pull out of your driveway or your road where your subdivision is and you see, oh, detour again, Iron Man, what? <laughs> Ask yourself, is it worth thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars off my taxes <laughs> to take an alternate route for 60 seconds? Or like you said, some people just say, that's a busy weekend. I'm going to go I'm going to go do something somewhere else. Yeah. Have a backyard barbecue instead of going out. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, the the naysayers that say, well, you're twisting the numbers in your favor. You're twisting the numbers to make it sound good. Are these numbers real, Gil? Uh, when we're talking about tax impact, uh, say I own a, a roofing company. Does it really affect me uh, and how many roofs and how many tiles I do on a, on a weekly basis? Uh, or say I'm retired and, and don't have a, a job right now and I'm relying on Social Security and maybe some sort of pension. Do these things, are they real? Are these numbers real? You know, they certainly were four or five years ago because they actually, I haven't read that study, and I should, but, for example, a lot of improvements where we're able to spend um, TRT or TRCC dollars, which are tourisms coming here, Mm -hmm. tourists, rather, that sleep in a hotel or eat food or rent a car, all of those funds can be used for a lot of improvements here locally. Granted, the state legislature dictates where we can spend it, but if one were to ask you know well, how, how did the road for example get widened up 18 yeah that was a safety issue as well just past winchester there and the ledges if that was a safety issue as well as it uh, was funded partially by udot and funds that came in from tourism dollars and uh, other improvements and things like that the the parks the uh, events that people enjoy we're going to find out with this new study exactly. I wanted it to be nuts and bolts for people so they could really say, oh, I see. That's where it saved me money. And that's, I think maybe that's what people want. They yeah. want to say, hey, show me. Right. Show me exactly what this is doing for me because I'm kind of tired of having a detour, not being able to get to the east side of town or whatever. Uh, and, and if you can prove to me that it's actually saving me money, maybe I won't be so tired of it anymore. Yeah, we're going to do that. And plus... Everyone needs to know, of all 29 counties in the state of Utah, we're the lowest taxed uh, for our individuals. In fact, even the Taxpayer Association of Utah named Washington County as the best bang for their buck for taxpayers. Hmm. Wow. Daggett County is the most expensive out of... Which one's Daggett? um, Up by Flaming Gorge. Oh, okay. So out of $1,000 of tax, it costs $88 to run that government. Out of a thousand dollars down here, we charge thirteen. Wow! So it's a huge spread. The average in the state is thirty-three dollars. So we're pretty, 
we're pretty lean when it comes to how much money taxpayers are actually paying to support the government. Wow, that's incredible. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with uh, Gil Almquist, the county commissioner, and I'm Andy. What's up? Yeah, here's one. This is not what I called about. I just let him know I did hit a, hit a deer on 18, so I'm glad you're winding that road up. Anyway, um, I know there's a lot of people that say the county shouldn't be in the business of uh, providing facilities for people to go to. I'm one of those persons who live paycheck to paycheck, and if I had to pay to go to, let's say, a uh, uh, spa or something like that, I wouldn't be able to afford it. I play a little bit of pickball, and I know Andy does too. Yeah, but I appreciate too. the fact that you're willing to develop some of the facilities so that those people who are going to be able to, like me, afford to go to a, a, a business free. that provided, yeah, to subsidize, subsidize that. I, so it's it's great that we do have some places we can go to that are not uh, out of our, we can afford to go to, so to speak. So appreciate what you do for us. Thank you. Well, yeah. and thank That's you. Really cool. I, I'm appreciate an it. avid pickleballer too i, I did not I know that out more oh i love it uh, is this fairly recent because i don't remember you being a big time pickleball guy uh, in the past about five years really yeah all of our family is big how, how have you and i not played um, pickleball because we both love it <laughs> well as that we're gonna have to make a date and do it does but your wife play she does um we mostly our kids we're just avid oh, okay. about it in okay. fact our daughter and son-in-law and kingman just build a court in their backyard and they're out there with their kids it's fun oh, boy. but but i want to make a point there the st george city approaches on expanding the little valley pickleball facility mm-hmm. and they came this ties directly with your question about how do we benefit they came to the county and said, will you pitch in? We're going to add 10 more courts, I believe it is. And one of them is a stadium court for a championship playoff. Yeah. And that's partially funded by all this tourism dollars and, and the recreation arts and parks tax that also people pay. But the benefit to the community is, is that when all the tourists are gone and the, and the tournaments, we get to use it. You know, we're now here yeah. for 300 days a year, and we can go and play like, like the gentleman called. Imagine the crowd that would be drawn if you and I played. Let's do it. There might be three people there, maybe four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, got a couple of texts I want to get to. Uh, please ask Gil, when construction is complete on the new county building, will the pharmacy next door have access to their parking lot through the east side. Absolutely. Yes. That's only okay. been temporarily shut off because of construction safety reasons, plus they need a place to store materials. But that interior uh, feed will absolutely be open, and people will be able to use it. Okay, another text. Uh, what is going on with State Route 59? Uh, the, the, the formula might call not call for more passing lanes, but anyone who travels that every day for work knows it is getting worse and worse. It's nearly taking your life in your hands to travel 59 consistently. Any thoughts on that, Gil? About three years ago, we put tremendous pressure on UDOT, and they stepped up. We appreciated their efforts to put out, put some turnouts and a couple of passing lanes, and especially closer to Hilldale, to try and make that much safer. Mm-hmm. And we're still putting pressure on because not only is a passing lane necessary in various places, but some more widening. I believe that the, the part of the problem is people are speeding like crazy all over the place. And I understand that, but <clears throat> I was out on that road the other day and 
doing the speed limit and I must have been past like I was standing still. Yeah. And then another guy with a boat and I thought, well, anxious to get to Lake Powell while there's still some water there, I guess. But <laughs> I, I thought even that was dangerous. But yeah. <clears throat> I can tell you, I promise you, we are putting some good uh, money and effort into getting you dot to even improve it more. All right, good, another, good text. Another caller. Hey, you're on with Andy with Gil Almquist. How are you doing today? Oh, fine, thank you, Andy. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the, the events here. And the people, I think they understood you to say that some people are complaining um, that there's too many events and they don't like it. And, you know, is that true? You know, we get that. And, of course, yeah. our tourism office does, as well as St. George City and other, <clears throat> excuse me, other groups that sponsor these events. We're right in the middle of permitting process to decide how to get events here that, well, once they come, to be safe, especially those that use the highways. And mm-hmm. we're in deep discussion with that right now with our planning and um, tourism office on just how we're going to do that so that everyone is safe. I have to mention that if there's one group that's against something or arguing about it, there's a whole other group that's totally in favor. Hmm. And I saw some statistics recently. And this goes back to Ironman. They had 47, 4,800 volunteers. And Utah leads the nation in volunteerism. You can look it up. It's Incredible. easy. Yeah. Utah leads the nation. And those volunteers out there wanted things to do. There was one volunteer who's, that's 89 years old. And I, I said, no way, because he came up and got an award. And I said, you're like 70. And, <laughs> and, and yet... There were many out there who are retired and want something to do, and these events provide them a place to volunteer. It was fun. Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool thing about this community, uh, the volunteer spirit. I, I call it the Dixie spirit. I don't yeah, know if I'm allowed absolutely. to say that anymore. With the... Please, please do. <laughs> I am on this show. All right. Uh, but uh, all right, let's go to one more call before we go to weather break. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Andy and Gil. What's up? Yeah, a few weeks ago, I was at the uh, county fair. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there was a beer tent there. Since when have we gone so low is that we have liquor at uh, county events? Good question. What do you think? Guys? No, absolutely. There are many events that are more successful because it draws a certain crowd, and it seems like that has to be one of those things. I, I'm not necessarily, I'm the one that kind of cringes a bit because I support the Youth Coalition of Washington County and their efforts to say, um, you know, that that is not appropriate around especially kids. And, and so there's a segregation, for lack of a better word, to try and have people that can regulate their consumption of beer. Um, Liquor is a different thing, but beer has obviously got alcohol in it and argue semantics there. But but personally, the event is typical of those held up and down the state. The uh, state legislature has allowed it. We, we're not, you know, footloose here and no dancing. But um, <laughs> I, I actually ap- appeal to the caller to kind of get into the nuts and bolts about how that's decided and how many they can have and what their attitude is and if they are intoxicated or if they come already with a couple of beers in them it starts to be obvious we need some law enforcement on it and there's a lot of undercover there people to uh, keep it regulated so great call Uh, my personal feeling is I'd, i'd love to see it go away but then part of the fair might also go away too so i'm trying to appeal to a broader group 
You make a good point, though. It's a family event, the fair yeah. is. And yeah. I know that, that that kind of thing should be involved. Plus, isn't kind of one of the Utah laws, if you're going to have alcohol, you have to have food with it yeah. uh, in the potential that you might be driving? Yep. So that whole thing's a little bit confusing, but uh, we'll have to look into it. Huh? Well, credit to those who planned it and have kept it pretty safe. Yep. All right. We've got to get a commercial break in. Thank you so far for your phone calls on the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll take your phone calls and more with Gil Onquist when we come back. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890, 92.5, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back to the program, Andy Griffin Live. We're taking phone calls today with County Commissioner Gil Alnquist, and somebody was patient enough to wait all the way through the weather break. Hey, thank you for holding on. You're on with Andy and Gil. How are you? Great morning, guys. Morning. Thanks morning. for calling. Okay, on this study you guys are commissioning, that seems like it's only half of it. Let's get the other half, like the average medium income in Washington County, and also the average cost of living in the cost in state or the county versus the state. Yeah. You know, we we have low taxes, but we also probably are one of the lowest paid counties in the besides Iron County. So, <laughs> you know, you... Uh, you know, the other numbers are the ones that really tell the difference, you know, how good this tax, low tax is, to me anyway. You're absolutely right. And it doesn't help for the fact that people come in here with a whole bunch of money and slam into the real estate market and it pops the price back up and then, but nothing happens to our wages. Now, granted, that study is ongoing. Luckily, the governor's office has been doing that through their economic um, development folks, and we're constantly asking for that information. Exactly the same things that you have pinpointed as essential to know. And um, June, usually about a mid-year results, we get out of the governor's office on that and those numbers, and I'm excited to see what it is. So, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe no, next perfect, month, perfect point. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Thanks for the call. Um, I'm curious... Uh, Gil, you know, when I moved here, oh, I, I actually cannot remember the exact, it was 93, 94, right in there, between 92 and 94, somewhere in there. So I've been here close to 30 years, but the kind of joke was, well, we, we're going to make less, but at least we get to live in Washington County. You know, you know what I mean? And, and that was 30 years ago. Uh, the, you know, you knew if you took a job at the local college, you're probably going to be overqualified and underpaid, but it was worth it because you could live here. Uh, it sounds like that really hasn't changed that much, at least from what I'm hearing. There's a lot of perspective on that. Mm -hmm. And then the influx that, or let's say a, an added dimension of that is, hey, I've got a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. I can't stand California or <laughs> Indiana or wherever. Or Vegas, and, yeah. And now, wow, I've come here and I found the most perfect place to live. Mm -hmm. And granted, they spend money and they pay for our schools through taxes and things like that and don't have kids in school. And so we, we welcome that segment of our population. But I'm with you. I could have made a whole bunch more money going somewhere else with what yeah. I did. But I loved just going out and doing the things I do right here. Yeah. So unique. No, bad analogy, but please bear with me, listeners and Andy. Okay. It used to be 
that when we dealt with issues down here, it was like saying, okay, I've got a, a fire in one of the rooms, bedrooms of my house. And we would go over there and put it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it seems like we have a lot of little fires all over the house. And it's stretching us, yes, but not so much that we can't handle it. It's just of different nature. And so in the last 50 years that I've lived here, almost 50, I see, 40, (laughs) I don't want to age myself too much. But I've seen the fact that we have different aspects, whether it's water, transportation, things that we really didn't deal with as much 40 years ago. Yeah, they've all gotten bigger. And so have we, as a matter of fact, gotten much, much bigger. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. I believe Seth is there. What's up, Seth? How about Hawaii, Kona, all of that? For just a moment, Captain Cook brought his crew and brought something with him that uh, was uh, really hard on Hawaii. Can you tell me what that was? Uh, snakes, rodents. D- disease, maybe? I don't know what. Yeah, yeah they brought yeah. rats and all sorts of things. Yeah, and then they More brought... Import- yeah, more importantly, they brought, like, uh, the bubonic plague yeah, and yeah. Uh, tuberculosis, yeah. every kind of venereal disease, and went back home and said, hey, you want to go to a really ducky place? It's just <laughs> way cool. Why don't you go to Hawaii? So a lot of people uh, carrying the same vectors came. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I have had people tell me who study this, that 90-plus percent, maybe 99 percent of native indigenous Hawaiians died. I don't know. I I don't know if that's true or Um, not. I can tell you this, Seth. Thanks for bringing that out. And a lot of that happened here, too. I mean, there's no doubt in the United States. Native Americans, yeah. But... Uh, they weren't prepared for it, especially Columbus and what he did in the Caribbean areas. They mm-hmm. just weren't prepared for those diseases. I would venture to say that you're you're right on in many aspects of what those islanders dealt with that they hadn't had before. I do know that they pay a lot of homage to their ancestry and their traditions and are carried on by even the Europeans that live there today. Um, 9.8% of the population is German. Um, in Hawaii? Uh-huh. Really? In, on that island, in, in, in on Hawaii. Okay. Lacona. And every percentage of, it's a true melting pot of all kinds of nationalities. You can look it up. It's easy to see. A lot of um, Japanese, I know that. Japanese sure. are about 9.8%, 9.9%. Hmm. So they're about even... <laughs> with the Germans, but the the point is is that they very much consider them, all of them consider themselves Hawaiians. Hmm. In fact, uh, if you watch a local, thanks for the call, Seth, if you watch a local uh, newscast, uh, you'll have a guy and his name will be, uh, say, John Smith doing sports, and uh, invariably his middle name is John Kaluka Makamakaeke Smith. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I don't know if he changed it because that's what they do in the media business to, to fit in or if he maybe has some Hawaiian in him. So, or, you know, if you've been there 30 years, you are Hawaiian, right? Yeah. So. No, it's a great, great point Seth made, but at the same time, it's a, a critical, critical um, time for us to consider just all of our similarities and, and the beautiful island that it is. And, and they loved it here. Well, and, and, and to get away from that and, and talk, I think what Seth was maybe alluding to a little bit is what are the modern day equivalents of 
those diseases coming to Hawaii that are coming to Washington County now by having this great influx of, of people moving in? Are they, is it, you know, maybe the, the relaxation of our rules about alcohol and things like that? Is it our morals maybe? Is it traffic and crime? I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to notice the crime has gone, big crime has gone up here in the last few months. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's definitely some individuals that prey upon our trust and our good-natured mm-hmm. people that are here. Um, I want to say a lot of those, after having talked with our great county attorney, seem to be outliers, not necessarily a trend. So. I hope so. Um, yeah. But I can tell you that Chief Whitehead, Chief XL, Williams, all of them, they're pretty diligent and it's kind of like somebody who says, hey, go ahead, I got your back. I go to bed peacefully at night, and I don't worry about a lot of things because mm-hmm. they do have our back. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Uh, I had in, in yesterday's show, it was, it was a suicide prevention show. It was okay, a really good yep. show. Uh, Chief, and I'm going to mess his name up. Uh, I want to say Nuchatelli from yeah. Verkin. Did, yeah, did I get it right? Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Nick, Nick was on. And uh, we we talked a little bit. They weren't involved in the hostage situation that ended up just out of our, across our border in, in Beaver Dam. But a guy had taken a little kid hostage. He had a he had a firearm with him, and eventually they had to make the decision to to end that man's life. They used a sniper and end that man's life. The, fortunately, the child was okay. Right. Uh, but and the, we, you know the the gist of what we were talking about was the trauma of what happened there and how law enforcement. You know, whether you were 100 feet away or or 200 feet away or whether you were right there, that was a pretty traumatic thing to watch somebody's life. You know, somebody get shot by a sniper, not once, but twice, actually. Uh, But uh, that kind of thing, uh, honestly, in 30 years, I don't remember that kind of thing ever happening here. And I hope, like you said, I hope it's an outlier. But, man, if that's a trend, I don't like that trend at all. I've just been reading a history, as I mentioned the other day, about Washington City. It's fascinating because it really is a mm-hmm. history about what went on in all the cities down here. They had some pretty rough characters that came through here. They did. And uh, they had to deal with them as well. But there's a lot of crime and things happening all across America that I cannot believe our justice system. I really just can't believe that this is America yeah. with some of the things that are happening. And if if they're throwing mud in the neighboring city or state, invariably we get a little honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we point. just have to be very careful not to let it stick or find a new home here. Yeah, good point. Talking with Gil Longquist today. We've got a commercial break in and we come back. We'll wrap up talking about everyone's favorite topic. It's a five-letter word. Starts with <laughs> W and ends with otter. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's a Tuesday. It's warm. It's going to get hot. Somebody was asking me. Now, we did last week's uh, playoff games, the Desert Hill Cedar games, out in the sun. We were right out in it, and I looked like a, by the time I was done, I looked like a lobster. Uh, I was sunburnt. Uh, but uh, this week, we're actually in the press box. It's kind of a good news, bad news situation. We're out of the direct sun, which is the really brutal thing about this kind of heat, Gil. But uh the there's one kind of window air conditioner in the press box, and it's at the other end of the oh, building. No. So, and, which is good because then you won't hear it over our broadcast. But at the same time, it gets really hot in there. It takes a while to get that air to you. So instead of being in direct sun in '96, we're probably about 85 to 90 right in there uh, mm-hmm. without direct sun. So there you go. Could be worse. Yeah. 
could be better, <laughs> but it could be worse. Uh, talking with Gil Almquist, County Commissioner uh, for Washington County. Gil, how long have you been doing this now? I'm still in my first term, so about three and a half years. Three and a half years, yeah. And and you love it? I love going to work every day. Nice. That's good to hear. I don't spend a lot of time right in my chair in my office. I'd rather be out and yeah. about and seeing people. And I said from day one to our wonderful county administrator, I said, I'll be here for every possible meeting, but I mostly want to be out talking to people and nice. meeting stuff, you know, people. So I love that. You know, and, and I'm going to get on the soapbox for about 30 seconds here, but uh, if you don't like your job out there, if you're, if you're going to work and you, you dread it, if you, if Sunday night comes around and you know, you have to go to work in the morning and you have get this terrible feeling in your gut and you, Oh, I hate it. And I can't believe I have to, I would say, hey, it's time for a new job. Money isn't everything, and maybe you're making a lot at whatever job it is you have. But uh, to me, you spend enough time at work every day. You know, some of us, it's eight, nine, ten hours every single day at work that if you hate it, then you're making yourself miserable. And it doesn't matter how good your family is. If you're miserable for ten hours a day at work, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it spills over into everything else you do. So people that know me know that I pretty much love what I do no matter what it is, and this has been a special joy. Get you one of those dirty jobs and see <laughs> see, see if you love that one. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, Gil. Let's talk water. We've got about five minutes left in the five sure. or six minutes left uh, in the show. Uh, right now, Lake Powell Pipeline is at at very best on hold or or out there somewhere, nebulous. Right. Right. Uh, and, and we've now had to focus on the short term instead of the long term. Uh, and a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are worried uh, about water. They say, why are we keeping building? And why, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I will say this, and I have Zach Renstrom on once a month, the Water Conservancy District guy. He said, we're actually a lot more prepared for uh, this year, this drought that we're in, than the rest of the state is. I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I was up in northern Utah about four months ago, and I thought, there's not enough snowpack to fill this reservoir. Yeah. And as well, I drove by many of them, I said, wow. And then I looked back here and I said, Quail is about full and Sand Hollow is about full and Colop right now is full. Mm-hmm. And granted, we're drinking that, we're using it up, but we are keeping that those recreation sites open as well as our bank account on water, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but the answer still is going to come in building more reservoirs. That's traditionally what people have done, especially in the West. We recognize that the time that we do get a decent runoff or a good snowstorm, we need to save capture it. that yeah. and save it. <laughs> it's, it's just like a windfall if you're at work and somebody says, hey, you've done a great job. I'm going to give you a, a $2,000 bonus. Well, don't go blow that. You know, Go save that. A lot of people will, though. <laughs> they will. <laughs> but um, the big answer is going to be, are we reusing the same water? We talked about reusing the same dollars here to grow our economy. Mm-hmm. Well, the same idea is are we using that same gallon of water over and over and over and just cleaning it and recycling it one way or another. And that's the push between all of the cities is conserve more of what we have and then at the same time save what we get and then also reuse what we uh, flush down or, or, in other words, use in some way or another. But And, and that's viable now that maybe 10, 20, 50 years ago was not viable, reusing the same water. It wasn't. No. In fact, St. George led the way. I was on the city council then in building the first true volume-centric uh, reuse. And so down by 
past Sun River there. They put out eight to nine million gallons a day in, in the summer, and they can bump Amazing. that up to 12, 13. We just don't have a place to store it. Yeah. And I live above the river. I see it every day, and I always tell Zach, I say, you know, we're putting a lot of water down there. I know we have to put some down the gorge, but, and he goes, Gil, if I had a place to put it. So the yeah. big ones are graveyard wash, dry wash. By the way, again, we got to change that name, graveyard wash. Sounds terrible. <laughs> and like to- bodies floating. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, Tokerville uh, Reservoir, sorry. And then the biggie is, of course, Warner Valley, which Mm -hmm. we're we're just ever so close there and getting all the plans prepared. But there's one little one. They won't name it after me. But below Coral Canyon, there's a little small gap there that I thought could easily be closed off. It's Sitla Ground, so we'd work with Mm. them. But it'd be a beautiful little non-motorized, except for fishing, uh, little lake right there. And we could use that. It's above Sullivan Park there in Washington, and really? that area could be dammed off. We've already, Zach started a study on it to see. Well, Almquist Lake. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if it was a fishing lake, they could call it Gill. Yeah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Dumb jokes. I'm telling you, but, if it's a fishing lake, they ought to call it Pulsifer Lake, though. Don't you yes. think? He oh, was such a fishery. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's one that's in the works as well. All right, real quick, i got time for another phone call or two. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Andy and Gil. What's up? Yeah, I've been hearing all about this pipeline and Lake Powell and everything, but if people remember back in the mid-'90s when Clinton was in there and Bruce Babbitt was the yes. interior whatever, yes. that they changed the water flow out of the Glen Canyon Dam, and I'm assuming out of Boulder Dam, too, to a constant flow to save the sandy beaches or something. I don't remember. I fished down there all the time at that time. And the water was released to produce energy for California. And when you're down there, like at 10, 11 o'clock or something, the water would rise about a foot and a half, two feet deep across that whole river. Now, that's a lot of water. Yeah. I'm assuming that they had to put the flow at a high rate, and it's constant, so it doesn't mess up the beaches, Hmm. but they have to let that out at that high flow to produce the energy. Now, Thoughts, Gil, on that? Well, we're running out of time. I know. We're right down there. They have already said they're going to keep enough in Powell to continue to to produce energy. And, uh, yep, a discussion for another day. Great call. Yeah. Well, the thing is, right now we're okay, folks. If we have another year like this year, next year we'll be less okay. And if we have another year after that, like this year, we're in trouble. And if you tear out your grass, don't tear out your trees by limiting water to That's them. right. Need some water. Or yeah. some shade, for sure. All right. Thank you, Gil. Great thank to talk you. to you today. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Griffin. Time for news. 